AJ Greer makes his Devils debut and also the Devils only had 20 shots on goal the entire game. Did they purposely throw this game to make sure the Rangers didn't get into the playoffs? Well, we have a lot to discuss in this episode, so buckle up. It's going to be very um, strange to say the least. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever and they have a lot of amazing flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the hockey writers Trey Matthews. And it's currently 1.32 a.m. Eastern Time, May the 4th, 2021 at the time of this recording. So everybody, may the force be with you. Like if you guys don't know, today is National Star Wars Day because due to the uh, play on words, May the 4th, and, you know, obviously, may the 4th be with you. So, if you didn't know that already, I just wanted to share that interesting fact with you. So, anyway, if you missed the last episode, I basically talked about the New Jersey Devils' big win over the Philadelphia Flyers, in which they were able to perform really well in that series. Because if you guys remember, uh, the Devils uh, coming into this game against the Boston Bruins were on a three-game win streak. And also, you know, they could have uh, just as easily been on a four-game win streak had it not been for that first game in which they went to a shootout. So if you missed that episode, please give it a listen. So anyway, let's talk about the now for the New Jersey Devils. So Ultimately, guys, we just couldn't get any momentum this game. I think we all saw just the lackadaisical effort from the New Jersey Devils. And overall, like I told you guys, even though we were on a three-game win streak, it was nothing to really get too excited for because I told you guys, we have a tough schedule coming up, especially playing against the Boston Bruins because they have a chip on their shoulder, guys. They wanted to clinch the final playoff position in the Mass Mutual East Division. And they did so because they wanted to, you know, take advantage of us. Because, let's face it, I don't think we're their top priority. So, at the same time, you you just saw the determination. You saw the effort from the Boston Bruins. So, it was their game for them to just try to clinch that final playoff spot. And they did do so. So, uh, with this win over us, they actually clinched that final playoff position and knocked the Rangers out of maybe potentially coming in for an upset and, you know, uh, taking that fourth and final playoff position in the East Division. And ultimately, this ends the Rangers season at, you know, just basically pulling off, I guess, a Cinderella-type story in which they were able to get to the playoffs. So, you know, hell of an effort from the New York Rangers. You know, I got to give credit when credit is due. We'll talk to John Chick sometime in the future about, you know, their miraculous playoff run or, you know, just trying to get there. But, Ultimately, we couldn't play spoiler in this game. Like I told you guys, it was going to be a very interesting weekend. And actually, interesting fact for you guys, since the Islanders lost in their last game to the Sabres, now the Boston Bruins move ahead of them in the East Division, and they are actually in third place. So while I still have you on this subject, let's talk about the East Division, and let's look at the standings so far. So the Capitals are still atop of the East Division, with a record of 33, 14, and 5 with 71 points. The Penguins are right behind them at 34, 16, and 3 with 71 points as well. 
Bruins are 31, 14, and 6 with 68 points to the good. The Islanders are 31, 16, and 5 with 67 points. The Rangers are 26, 21, and 6 with 58 points. The Flyers are 23, 22, and 7 with 53 points. They actually just won in their last game. And you know what? They kind of needed that game because, like, I'm sure that uh, series against the New Jersey Devils just put a a sour taste in their mouth. And they were able to beat the uh, Penguins silly by a score of 7-2. So they they really needed that. And, you know, if I'm the Flyers organization, I'm really satisfied with coming out with some aggression in that game just overall because they really, really needed it. And then uh, we got us at 17-28-7 with 41 points. And then the Sabres at 14-32-7 with 30. Five points. So, like I told you guys, the top four playoff positions, the Capitals, Penguins, Bruins, and Islanders are a lock for the playoffs now. It's just going to be like who's going to be the top seed, who's going to improve their position. The Islanders have been struggling, so that's something we need to take into consideration for our next series because, remember guys, we get to have a brief reunion with Zajac and Paul Mary after our series with the Boston Bruins. So one of those games will be home, the other one will be away. So ultimately, it's going to be a very exciting matchup. So that's the series I'm looking forward to as our season is winding down because, remember guys, we still only have uh, four games left, so we got to play the Boston Bruins one more time. Then we got to do that two-game series against the Islanders, and then obviously we got the Flyers one more time, and then that's going to unfortunately put an end to our season. But ultimately, you know, this was a season of just trying to find what fit for us, and you know, there was a lot of surprises, some not so surprises, but. Overall, let's talk about the injury list for the New Jersey Devils and see who is still out. So, Siegenthaler and Subban are still out due to COVID protocol. So, like I told you guys, you know, when you're on COVID protocol, you know, it's not that you quarantine and then, you know, you're you're automatically, you know, joining the roster and then just trying to get back as quickly as you can. No, no, no. It's going to be a very meticulous process. So, they have to do the return to play just to make sure their hearts are right. Uh, I'm sure they have to get an EKG of some sort. So obviously it's going to get, take them a minute. But, you know, with four games left in the regular season, I wouldn't expect to see Subban and Siegenthaler uh, for the rest of, you know, the series against the Boston Bruins, which just only has one more game. And then I would expect to see them, you know, if we don't see them by the second game of the Islanders series, that wouldn't be surprised if they're shut down for the rest of the year because ultimately we don't really need them, if, if that makes any sense. So, you know, obviously we've been giving uh, a lot of opportunities for our young players. And I've been telling you guys, we've been seeing several NHL debuts take place for the New Jersey Devils. Even if they're not NHL debuts, we've been seeing a lot of impacts in their minor league system for the Binghamton Devils. And uh, one of those players I was talking about was Mason Yobbs, who was part of the Paul Mary and Zajac deal. And obviously he's the lesser known player due to the fact that he has still not played in the NHL. And he's pushing 30, but he had a couple goals in the last game and was their player of the game. So I wanted to give credit when credit is due. However, there is another player that was involved in that trade. And he made his NHL, well, I guess return because he's had a cup of coffee in the NHL. So obviously in 2016-2017, he appeared in five games for the Colorado Avalanche and then uh, 15 games uh, the next season. So overall, you know, he's had his uh, impact in the NHL. So you know, he, he, he's had a cup of coffee, just to say the least. He hasn't played in more than 20 games 
uh, at the NHL level, but still, he made his debut for the New Jersey Devils, and that is A.J. Greer. So, if you guys recall, A.J. Greer and Mason Yobbs, the, the thing about them was, prior to their trade, they had only appeared in 16 games combined for the AHL this season. So, that was my major red flag when we made this trade, which is, we basically got two players who have made little to no impact for their respective AHL program. So, I'm just thinking, like, what are we doing? Like, how is this going to help us? But uh, the thing about Greer is, he is the prime definition of just staying ready. So, the reason why the New Jersey Devils brought him up was because in 10 games played, he has 9 points, 3 of them goals, and the 6 other being assists. So, obviously, with that sort of impact in just 10 games played, the New Jersey Devils said, you know what, what the hell, let's bring him up and let's give this kid a chance. And I really like that we're giving uh, these young guys a lot of opportunities because, like I told you guys, next season it's a matter of which young players do we go to in order to build, I I guess, sort of our kid line and a few other players as well because we have starting goaltenders who are pretty young. We have uh, our top line who is, you know, pretty young. And then, obviously, Zaka, Brat, and Heizer, I guess, our captain line, if you want to say the least. Because, you know, it's just overall like, you know, how are we going to build our roster? How are we going to build our team? Who's going to be sort of that, you know, last piece? And, uh, you know, I've been hearing reports that Andreas Janssen might uh, be on his way out for the New Jersey Devils after a disappointing year this year because A.J. Greer basically uh, took the spot of Janssen, who is still out with injuries. So, uh, like I told you guys, with uh, Siegenthaler and Subban still out with COVID protocols, with Subban actually confirming that he has COVID, and then obviously Janssen got hurt in one of the games against the Flyers uh, due to being uh, checked really hard. So, you know, at the same time, you know, it gives a good opportunity for us to bring up some young guys from the AHL program and just overall get their uh, sea legs sort of under them to prepare for the NHL. So uh, Greer, uh, he really deserved that. And, you know, he is the true definition of staying ready. And I was a big supporter of him just, you know, coming in and just seeing what he could do because we've had a few successful NHL debuts just recently. You know, we had Kevin Ball who did relatively well. Then obviously we had uh, Nolan Foote who also did relatively well, got their first career uh, points relatively quickly. Same thing with Tice Thompson. So it's been a series of successful NHL debuts for our young guys. So at this point, you know, why not give it a chance and see what happens? And, you know, the the thing with um, Greer was he absolutely got destroyed within, you know, his first few opportunities in the NHL. So, uh, he played less than 10 minutes on the ice. He only played uh, 8 minutes and 33 seconds. And he got into a fight. You know, I, I, I'll give him that. So, obviously, he's not afraid to tussle. But at the same time, you know, fighting is not really going to make that much of a difference in the NHL. Because we have a lot of fires in the NHL. So, you know, I'm not really going to talk about that. Because I don't think it's, you know, worthy to talk about. So, obviously, you know, he had to serve time for that. But at the same time, at least he has the passion. But Overall, you know, when you look at his stat line, but overall it's against the Boston Bruins, so we got to put that into perspective. Nothing but zeros because, like, if we looked at Kevin Ball in his last game against the Flyers, he was wearing the puck. He was making 
defensive plays and overall you know Kevin Ball looks like you know he belonged in the NHL right away but uh, AJ Greer might fall into the same category as Tyce Thompson which is you might see the impact but at the same time you know it's clear that he's not quite ready and that was the thing that I called about uh, for Tyce Thompson which was I felt like we brought him up a little too quickly he wasn't ready and clearly he wasn't that's why he had to be sent back down but overall you know, I'm just excited that, you know, we're giving guys opportunities to prove themselves because like I told you guys, going into next season, it's going to be very crucial to see which young guys do we uh, take on board with us to start next season because next season getting off to a good start will be crucial because if we get off to a good start and keep that momentum, then we could be a much better uh, franchise in my opinion because once we hit that wall after COVID of just not improving and just overall just you know sputtering and just spinning our wheels we were stuck in neutral for the longest so the fact that AJ Greer because to give you guys some reference uh in 10 games appeared for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers this season he only had two points one goal and an assist so uh his plus minus was also atrocious at negative 12 so obviously there weren't high expectations for Greer but the fact that in 10 games for Binghamton he was able to put up nine points really shows that maybe a change of scenery and a change of system was what he needed so for AJ Greer um you know is this a fluke is this sort of just like a streaky kind of thing because overall like I told you guys he's had a couple stints in the NHL hasn't really done anything but you know also you know we do need to take in consideration that there have been a few players including like someone like Quokinen who uh you know was a big name player in the AHL but once they got over to a new system that trusted them they performed much better so Overall, you know, that's another factor that I want to list because you, you guys forget that Quokinen was actually an all-star at the AHL level and, you know, he didn't really make much of an impact for the Carolina Hurricanes organization, which is why they, you know, essentially traded him in the Sammy Votnin ordeal. But once he got over to New Jersey, now he's one of our uh, top players and he's up there in assists and points and he's making an impact for us. So for AJ Greer, you know, I guess I'm sort of expecting the same thing, but Overall, that's going to take some time, and you know, I know I'm rambling on about this, so it's time for the first live read this morning, and it comes from actually a new one, and this time is going to be from Wealthfront. So, Wealthfront, investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preference you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on nhl so again call to action to get your first five thousand dollars managed for free for life go to wealthfront.com slash locked on nhl that's w-e-a-l-t-h-f-r-o-n-t dot com slash locked on nhl to start growing your savings again go to wealthfront.com slash locked on nhl to get started today So obviously, I want to talk about this game for the New Jersey Devils and give you guys my overall opinion. And it just looked like the New Jersey Devils were completely flat-footed 
to begin this game because even though no one scored in period number one, you just saw that the aggression just wasn't there for the New Jersey Devils. And I told you guys this in my previous episode, which is be prepared for the Boston Bruins to basically have that monkey on their back that they want to get off, which is they want to get to the playoffs quickly. So we talked about A.J. Greer and the young guy's impact, but you know now it's time to come back to reality and just face the music for the New Jersey Devils, which is... You know, this game, they sort of just went back to their old ways of not being really aggressive. And, you know, let's look at the shots on goal differential, 17-4 to in favor of the Boston Bruins. So, you know, obviously, no, like I said, no one scored in that game. And I got to give Scott Wedgwood a lot of credit. So, uh, Lindy Ruff decided to make the uh, call of starting Scott Wedgwood in this particular game. And quite honestly, I agree with that. The reason for that is because Scott Wedgwood has two shutouts this season and uh, one of them has come at the hands of the Boston Bruins. So obviously he's had some some success against um, Boston. So I completely support uh, that mindset overall. But, you know, obviously he just couldn't get any help because Scott Wedgwood faced 42 shots on goal. And, you know, he gave up three goals. But at the same time, it's not really his fault that, you know, his team couldn't really generate any offense. So that's the definition of basically carrying your unit and your team and not receiving any help. So if you guys uh, look, I believe Corey of The Athletic tweeted this out. He showed the chart after period number one of, you know, where the shots were coming from, you know, the shots that weren't blocked, weren't redirected, whatever the case might be. Look at how colorful it was for the Boston Bruins in their uh, offensive zone. And then, you know, you look at it for the Devils' standpoint, they barely got anything going. Only four shots on goal. That's a recipe for disaster. So, you know, they, they just didn't have that same determination or effort that they had in that Flyers series because even though they lost the first game to the Flyers, they still came out aggressive, you know, to say the least. And, you know, that's the inconsistency that's kind of concerning me for the New Jersey Devils, which is, you know, when are we going to overall just say, uh, you know, we need to keep this consistent momentum? Like, it seems like they just turn it on and off every other game. So, you know, I'm just looking for that consistency from them and overall impact. But obviously, like I told you guys, with the Boston Bruins just desperately just trying to clinch that final playoff spot, they just came out with more aggression, more determination. To give you guys some reference, we only had 20 shots on goal the entire game. The Boston Bruins had 20 shots on goal in period number two alone. And obviously, they were able to score two goals as a result of it. So you knew the Devils weren't really going to win this game with that kind of effort. And also, Taylor Hall made a return back to the Prudential Center, this time rocking number 71 for the Boston Bruins. And I don't know if I share this in an episode or not, but compare Sharon Govich's stats to Taylor Hall's stats. And it's actually quite funny. And uh, Taylor Hall uh, spent about uh, 15 minutes or so on the ice for the Boston Bruins. It seems like Taylor Hall is starting to answer the call a little bit, a little bit better for the Boston Bruins. And like I told you guys, that's going to happen. You know, I felt like if you put him on a contending team and just uh, give him more uh, chances, then, you know, he can show glimpses of what he's been able to do. It's just so sad because he's 29 years old, guys. Like, we, we talk about him like he's in his mid-30s or something, but he's 29 years old. He still, I think, has a little bit left in the tank, but... You know, the, the fact that we're talking about him in this regards and in this context is quite honestly pretty sad. And the fact that he didn't really do anything against the Devils, you know, despite a high offensive game from the Boston Bruins, and even though, you know, it's 3 nothing, you know, just, just nothing going their way. So, obviously, you know, there's that. So, like, in uh, 49 games played, 
he has 29 points, 22 assists, and 7 goals to go along with that. But, you know, obviously just I, I guess they couldn't, um, you know, get him going in this particular game. But I'm looking forward to see what Taylor Hall can potentially do in the playoffs for uh, the Boston Bruins because I still feel like he can contribute to any contending team. And quite honestly, I wouldn't be out of the... Um, you know, I wouldn't be against with the New Jersey Devils possibly maybe pursuing him in the offseason and giving him another chance. But, you know, that's obviously the offseason. And um, for the New Jersey Devils, it's just like, you know, at this point, we just got to find what works for us. And uh, like, like I told you guys, I was big on the New Jersey Devils' energy and effort in the last game. But it, it just seems like they lost their way a little bit in this particular game. And hopefully we can redeem ourselves the next game. But I wouldn't hold my tongue on it because, like I told you guys, with the Boston Bruins just overall just needing that final playoff spot, that final push, obviously they had a scare uh, just, you know, going on a bit of a losing streak while, you know, the Rangers were creeping in on them. And I was hoping the New Jersey Devils could play spoiler. And, you know, John Chick told me this saying that, uh, we needed, uh, you know, uh, the help of the Devils in order for the Rangers to potentially go to the playoffs, but didn't work out in that regards. But overall, you know, at least um, yeah, we've had a few good battles against Boston this season, but obviously uh, the one X factor we usually had was Scott Wedgwood first and foremost, and then Cal Palmieri, but obviously he's no longer there anymore because remember, guys, there were two games this year in which the Devils beat uh, the Boston Bruins by a score of one to nothing, and the person who scored the lone goal in both of those games was Kyle Palmieri, and then Kyle Palmieri also got his first couple of goals of the year against the Boston Bruins, so uh, we just didn't have our Boston Bruins slayer in this game, and uh, overall, you know, despite the Boston Bruins outplaying the Devils in some, you know, games, it just seemed like once the Devils got that, you know, lone goal, then we were off and running because like I told you guys, no goals after period number one. And if the Devils had scored maybe early in period number two, I feel like we would be talking about a whole different game in which the Devils came out victorious. But overall, you know, just wasn't meant to be. And you know what is meant to be? It's time for the second and third live read this morning. So the second live read comes from Built Bar. So Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. So there's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. Uh, you know, my favorite bar is personally the uh, coconut almond. I've been tasting that a little bit, and I think it's delicious. So... Uh, not only that, Built Bars are healthy too. Uh, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories per bar, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, and 9 amazing flavors like I mentioned, all tasty, all healthy. So Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. So also, Mother's Day is coming up on May the 9th. So maybe you should get your mom some Built Bars. I don't know. So here's the offer. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, the third live read comes from BetOnline.ag. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, no pun intended, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. 
and get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs, including MLB, NHL, NBA, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to use that promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus. And also check out our friends at Locked On Bets as they give you guys their opinions on their respective shows. So uh, bet online, again, your online sportsbook experts. And remember to use that promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus. So anyway, let's talk again about the Boston Bruins and the New Jersey Devils. And uh, I saw a tweet, and this is sort of like a conspiracy theory, so let me know what you guys think. Do you think in this game, because the, the Devils just looked very lethargic out there, 20 shots on goal the entire game, we have played against Boston so much better, and overall, I know we're missing some key guys, and you know, whether it be the injury or they're no longer on the roster anymore, but uh, my conspiracy theory, the, based on this tweet, and I'm starting to believe it, which is, Obviously, we do not like the New York Rangers, so is it possible that we basically threw this game on purpose to force the Rangers to miss the playoffs? Because like I told you guys uh, in the last episode, time was winding down for uh, the uh, Rangers to make a move, and overall, you know, with them going on a bit of a losing streak, it really didn't help them, like, albeit I believe it was just two games, but still, a losing streak is a losing streak regardless, so... You know, um, you know, they, they were basically skating on thin ice. So my opinion is, do you think the New Jersey Devils, um, you know, threw this game on purpose in order to force them to miss the playoffs? Like, obviously, there's a tweet I saw, and it was quite compelling, so I might as well share it with you guys. But overall, you know, I don't know if the New Jersey Devils would purposely throw a game just to, you know, make sure that uh, the Rangers didn't get into the playoffs. But obviously, that's a fun thing to discuss because, you know, obviously we've seen a lot of instances where, you know, maybe teams will just manipulate the rule book just a little bit so that way it benefits them. Because there's no, like, uh, rule stating that, you know, teams have to play 100% all the time. Especially, you know, if they show up to the game and just contribute, like, the best they can. But, you know, obviously... I'm sure uh, there's something saying, like, don't throw a game on purpose due to gambling reasons, but whatever the case might be, uh, you know, it's just funny to see when we uh, bend the rules just a bit so that way it works out in our favor. But overall, you know, that's my opinion on it. But, you know, the fact that, you know, we made uh, Rask look good for uh, the Boston Bruins and uh, the the fact that they get the final playoff spot in Mass Mutual East Division. So uh, here's some uh, key notes that you guys should know. So Marshawn, who was playing in his 800th uh, NHL game, had a game-high six shots on goal in uh, 16 minutes of ice time. So uh, Greer played eight minutes and 33 seconds in his first game since uh, February the 23rd, 2019, when he was with the Colorado Avalanche. Because remember, guys, I told you Greer was not making his NHL debut but he was making his Devils debut because, like I told you guys, like um, a lot of debuts for the New Jersey Devils this year. And I guess it's just to give him some reps because we could see him uh, being playing more frequently next season. 
and Greer was acquired by the New Jersey Devils in the New York Islanders trade, obviously for Palms and uh, Zajac. Uh, Bruins defensive man Carlo is expected to return to the lineup on Tuesday after missing 18 games with an upper body injury. So, you know, there's that. Uh, there's uh, some help for the Bruins if they already needed it. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. So, obviously, uh, in this game, just just disappointing. But, um, you know, uh, according to Lindy Ruff in his post-game interview, he said they were clicking with every line. They were winning face-offs. They had puck possession. I think their speed exposed us a bit. Our gaps weren't good. We couldn't take enough ice away from them. And overall, you know, the shots on goal prove that usually when you're on the attack more, it's going to result in more goals. And it's going to result in you coming out victorious. So, you know, the it, it's just so funny because in, in the last episode, I was talking about how the Devils made um, uh, themselves look like Connor McDavid, their forwards did, you know, against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers because they looked very aggressive. They made the Flyers look vulnerable, upset. So, you know, that's something I just wanted to talk about. But anyway, let's compare team stats, and then I'm going to give you guys my overall final verdict of the game. So uh, Boston Bruins had 42 shots on goal compared to the Devils' 20. Faceoff percentage, 51% to 49% in favor of the Devils. Uh, both teams were 0-for-1 in their power play, so at least we're keeping the Bruins out of the power play opportunity. Um, let's see. Hits 18-7 to in favor of the Boston Bruins. Blocks 12-9 to in favor of Boston as well. Giveaways 12-5. to and the Devils led in that respective category. So overall, my final verdict of the game, I'm going to give the Devils a... I, I'm going to have to give them a D in this game because it's so funny. In the last episode, I gave them an A, but in this game, I'm going to have to give them a D because you cannot just have 20 shots on goal, uh, not have uh, little to no puck possession, and expect me to give you a high grade. So obviously, um, there, there wasn't too many positive takeaways to, other than the fact that Scott Wedgwood played his heart out and overall tried to keep his team in it. But overall, he can't see 42 shots on goal and be the saving grace because remember, guys, in his uh, one to nothing shutout, he faced like 40 something shots on goal. And I said that was dangerous because, you know, got lucky this time around, but don't knock on wood because, you know, the, there's no guarantee that a netminder can do that every so game, you know, unless, you know, you're, you're Marty Brodeur or whatever the case might be. So, you know, I'm just telling you, 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 you got to be a little uh, careful when you're allowing this many shots on goal and it's not resulting in anything. So, that's my final verdict of the game. Uh, let me know what you guys think on my Locked On Twitter uh, page, Locked On Devils. And basically, uh, you know, expect me to go live on Locked Room soon and uh, we can discuss the game in even more detail. But anyway, that's about all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go Devils. And let's see what we could do in game two against the Boston Bruins.